All right. Welcome to a very special episode of Big Blue Beards. I'm your host, Big Smooth, here with Monty. And we have a special guest today, Paul Reichoff. How are you? How are you doing, sir? I am very psyched to be here. I am incredibly psyched to be here. I just got done doing a very different kind of media hit talking about Ukraine and Patriot missiles. Uh, but there's nothing outside of my kids probably that I like to talk about more than the Giants. So I'm psyched to join you guys. Big fans. I got my jersey on. I pulled out all my Giants crap. I even pulled an ornament off the tree to show you guys. <laughs> Let's go. When my kid Let's was born, go. when my seven-year-old was born, okay, like this went on the tree. And I pulled it off the tree behind me just to set the tone. And I'm, I'm psyched to join you guys and ready to go. Awesome, man. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, obviously a huge Giants fan. What jersey do you have on? See, this is a really interesting one because I get a lot of questions about this one. Maybe we can we'll do a little quiz with you with your audience, right? Okay. Now, this is not a current player, but let's right. do the, let's do the number here. It's a it's a fifty one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we can start with a quiz here, right? Like I won't play the Jeopardy music. You tell me. You tell me, Big Smooth, when you want me to do the reveal here. I, I I'm pretty sure I know who that is because we're Giants nerds at our heart. Yeah, um, I have a feeling. Monty, you want to guess or do you want to you want him to just reveal? Um, I'll take guess. Is it former captain, long snapper Zach Diossi? Bingo! There we go. Love it. There we go. The great jersey. That's a there great jersey. Go. You it's know, an obscure you know, one, man. I was a big Diossi fan. I thought he was a great leader on the field. I was a long snapper in high school. That's perfect. And when I coached, I tried to teach every kid I could how to long snap because I had a coach who told me, if you know how to long snap, you'll never get cut. And, uh, and he went to Brown. And I went to Amherst, which is like a little Ivy League, and Brown's mm-hmm. an Ivy So I thought he was an underdog story. He was undersized. And he's just a dude who hustled his ass off all the time and – was on the team for a long time, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I went, went went through a period where I didn't really have a guy I could root for on the team, and, and Diossi was my guy. Love it, man. Um, talk to me about your, your football background. You, you said you played at Amherst, correct? I did. Um, and I grew up, you know, loving the game. Didn't come from a big football family, but just from, I don't know, as long as I can remember, we'd be playing in the driveway or outside with the kids in the neighborhood back when you could do, you know, tackle football on the concrete at lunchtime in in grade school, you know. Um, And then I played in high school at a place called James I. O'Neill in New York State, which, by the way, I think I told you, Big Smooth, they won the New York State Championship this weekend. Class C, James I. O'Neill High School, Highland Falls, New York. Want to give them a shout-out. They had an awesome run, and they won the state championship. There is a parade. It's Wednesday. There's a parade at 5 o'clock starting at the West Point Gate, uh, Thayer Gate, and going through Highland Falls. So big shout-out to all those guys. I'm winning the first-ever state championship for my high school. So That's fantastic. Really psyched for them. Uh, and then I went to prep school for a year in a place called Maine Central Institute. We used to call it Maine Correctional Institute. And I did a <laughs> post, post-grad year there and played football. Gave me a chance to play another year. It was mostly known as a basketball school. Uh, where we had a lot of guys go D1. Brad Miller was a friend of mine and, and roommate who went on to play for the Bulls and a bunch of other teams. Uh, and then I went to small school, Amherst College in, in Western Mass, played there for four years. I played 
in high school, I played guard and linebacker. Um, and then I played a little bit of like really janky semi-pro before I went to college. Where was that? In yeah. it, 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 well, I played it in Newburgh. Um, okay. And it was, dude, it was like, it was almost like prison league. It, wasn't, <laughs> it was like, I was like the only guy probably under 20. It was like with all these old guys who like, one was a cop. The other one, I think, just got out of jail. Like it was, it was, it was interesting. I played for the Newburgh Raiders. And then, uh, and then I went to Amherst, played there for four years. Came out and then also played another janky semi-pro team in Peekskill, New York, for like a little bit. And I coached at my high school, O'Neill, for a little while. And then went in the Army, did a bunch of other stuff. And then uh, started coaching flag football during the pandemic. And now it's come full circle. I got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. They love football. They love to hit. I'm having having the, the question like most other parents are. Do I let them hit or not? Do I let them play the game we grew up on or not? But... They love the game. We love the game and love the Giants, man. I remember jumping up in the snow when, when they won a Super Bowl. You know, I think I was in junior high screaming in my neighborhood in the snow when, 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 they, when the, you know, the kick went wide uh, against the Bills. Like, so many great Giants memories, man. So many great Giants. So I'm psyched to talk to you guys about it and always excited to talk about football. Football changed my life, man. You guys should know that. Like, if not for football, I never would have gone to college. Yep. I don't know where I'd be. But that set me on a path and taught me a lot about leadership and, and about teamwork and about a lot of stuff that I try to bring to all my work with veterans and, and media and especially with my kids. So let's pivot to because something that you just mentioned about having affinity for Zach Yossi, um, the O-line. Hmm. You're the you're put yourself in that uh, in that room, the O-line room as the coach. What what are you looking for? Outside of maybe consistency, because we haven't had five guys consistently playing consistently playing every every game, what do you, what do you want to see more of? What do you want to see more of from just a pure purist standpoint? You clearly know the game. Uh, curious what your thoughts are. Talent, <laughs> you know, like I, I really I really think that uh, you know we've made some smart investments, but I think. Um, you know, I think we're lacking, man. I think I think the O line is is really a weak spot, and it's been exposed. Mm-hmm. Saquon is 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 fantastic, and I think anytime you've got Saquon, you got a chance at a 500 team. Um, but you know, we're seeing now he can only take so much punishment, and um, and I think we're also incredibly weak at linebacker in the secondary. I think they're slow, and I think they, they get exposed over and over again. They can't cover anybody, especially on crossing patterns and when I try to go to zone or man to man, I mean, they really can't cover anybody, but um, look, I I think the heart and soul of this team is Saquon and I love Saquon. I think he's a great young man. I think he's involved in the community. I think he's the best kind of leader we've had in the tri-state area, maybe since cheater. Um, You know, he's a lot like Eli who I think doesn't get enough respect for all the charitable work and community work he was doing. Maybe Aaron judge is there now or will soon grow into that, but I think Saquon is the team is the guy we got to build around and we got to go to. I wish they would give him the ball more. I think they get too cute. Um, you know, we can go into some other things that, that, that I think they could be doing, but that O line's got to be, you know, absolutely in lockstep with Saquon. And, you know, if Saquon is the heart and soul, then that's got to be your muscle. No, it's, um, it's a, it's a great point. Um, I didn't wear my Saquon shirt because it's cold as hell in my office right now. So I got a, I got a space heater on and a sweatshirt. So uh, trying to, trying to conserve a little energy. 
but uh but yeah uh i'm i'm with you on saquon um monty i why don't you touch on and and fill paul in on one huge debate that's raging on on giants twitter right now and then i'm gonna play two clips from your show paul uh just to give people a kind of a taste of what independent american podcast what they can get there the different choices you know different personalities that have been on from your political world because that's what this civil war-esque is like on twitter yeah monty i I don't mean to cue it up for you like that but you're good um yeah i mean there's a few but the biggest for sure is daniel jones that's that's the hot button this year with you know we didn't pick up his fifth year option so now we're going into it with He's a free agent. We have Saquon who's also a free agent. And now there's a lot of just on Twitter is, are you a Daniel Jones supporter or are you a Daniel Jones hater? And that's just, they put you into one or two buckets and it is just absolute civil war on Twitter. It's just people going at each other, bringing up to the most ridiculous size of each parts, comparing Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, or, comparing him to a trash can, whatever, whatever it may be. It is a yeah. mess. And, and to kind of put that into different perspective, what you get on the independent American podcast is much better content, but the, the, the similar range of one extreme to the other from a personality standpoint, like I, I personally like to listen to both sides and here's, here's just a little, here's a couple of clips guys. So, candidate i think this is buck sexton sexton more than any other governor or politician i can remember i think that he earned at least my vote as a new yorker who could flee to florida during the madness of the lockdowns which were wrong on every level should never have happened and and this is i i do think you know that's another place where i need my independence to start being a little louder about that one um the because i was anti-lockdowns and anti-masks and on the record with that stuff when trump was president I was like, this is a mistake. This is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. The look at the data, look what we know. Um, and I think when people went into their political bunkers over that thing, it just got, I mean, we, you know, we can't do that when it comes to something like a pandemic. You... And then to juxtapose that, I've also seen you have someone like this gentleman who I supported in the last uh, presidential election. Telling you. So I think that's that's the rub, at least at this part in the development that I'm stuck with. And I think many other folks are, are stuck with. So is but, is but in this case, Paul, the, it's the product that you, in your case, have wanted already for a long time. It's the outcome I want. It's an outcome I want. I don't know if it's the pathway to get there. That's why I keep coming back to like when you no, laid no, out those so, three. So, and this is where I'm going to push back. OK, yeah. because um, if I want ranked choice voting. Right. Yes. Or if, I, if I want, let's open primaries. I... There's more, but we're going <laughs> to we're going to pivot. So and that's not the perfect example, because I think Andrew is a pr- little more more to the center than he is to the left. But he's more left wing than anything. He, he and, is now. He is now. I mean, he's like a, a lifelong Jets fan that all of a sudden became a Buffalo Bills fan. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I wonder I, I why. Think- they got Josh Allen. It's, you know what? Because Buffalo's nice. winning, right? It's like, nice. and, and I think, I think, uh, and I, Andrew's a friend, and Buck's a friend. Uh, look, I mean, if you don't know, Buck's, a, you know, a, a right-wing talk show host. Andrew used to be a Democrat for president. We've had uh, 
you know, Rachel Maddow and Megan McCain and everybody in between. We've had uh, former secretaries of defense like Chuck Hagel. Um, you know, my background is in the veterans community as an advocate and that work was nonpartisan. So I got to meet people yep. from all backgrounds. And I always say, you know, America is, is a team game. And that's the one team that I hope everybody can get behind no matter where they come from. And a lot of that work is around national security, defense, veterans issues. Um, but I also, you know, I started this podcast because I'm an independent. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the middle. I'm none of the above. Right. Like I, 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 I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I've been disappointed by both of them. And I think that there is a new wave happening. I've called it the independent wave. Um, where you say, look, I'm not playing that game. I don't want to declare myself an in, a Republican or Democrat. I want to declare my independence. I'm just checking out from that. And I want you to fight for my vote in the same way, you know, you fight for a loose ball on the field. So um, I think it's it's the future of politics, in my view, is independent. George Washington was, you know, our first and last uh, independent president. And I think he's kind of our spirit animal here. So, uh, you know, I, I, to use a football analogy, I said, what I encourage people to do is declare your independence. If you were a college football player, put yourself on the portal. Put yourself up on the portal and see who comes and wants you and, and see what they offer you and see if they can convince you to leave where you are and go to them. But start with going on the portal. So I think the parties are failing this country. Uh, and I think most people see that. And, and we also talk a lot about sports. I've been lucky yeah. to be around a lot of folks from, from the sports world. Um, Bill Cower uh, was on the board of the nonprofit that I started, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. We did a lot of work with the NFL and MLB and NHL and everyone else. So there's a lot of intersections between the military uh, and especially football. So uh, we, we like to have spicy conversations, but we also like to bring people together. And I think that's what football does. Sports uniquely does. And I think when people are so divided in the political world, uh, sports is, is one thing we can share together and we can unite around. I think the U.S. World Cup team did that. If you're a fan of the other kind of football or not, you know, everybody was rooting for the USA. And I think that's the sort of thing we can draw some inspiration from. For sure. Um, how do we do that with Giants Twitter, man? How do we bring Dude, everybody this together? Is, this is easy in my view, man. Like, I look, I'm not long on Daniel Jones. I never have been. I, you know, I am, I am, I am hopeful, um, but hope is not a course of action. And we've all wanted this to work and we've all hoped that it would work. I, you know, my take is that Eli especially has tremendous influence over this franchise. And when he and Peyton were high on, on, on Jones, you know, as a high school or as a college kid, that probably had a lot of influence on, on this leadership. But I wouldn't have made him a first-round pick, um, and that period. Uh, so I think that was a mistake. And then, you know, we've all wanted to believe in him. Um, I think he's learned how to throw the ball away, which is really important. Uh, he still gets hit too much. I don't think they've let him throw the ball downfield enough, which is a real detriment to him and to the team. One of the great things about Eli that's so underestimated is what a beautiful deep ball he could throw. Um, mm. But, you know, Jones is also not inspiring this team. He's not the leader we need. Uh, I think we got to cut our losses. I think that we've got a new coach that's bringing the right energy. I think we're bringing some players that can bring the right kind of, uh, of inspiration. But I don't think Jones is the future for, for the Giants. I think we I think we need a better quarterback. And, and uh, until we get that, we're going to be like it's like picking a Republican or Democratic Party and saying, like, it's all we got. Right. Like, no, nah, I, I think we need, we need better and we deserve better. It's the New York freaking Giants and we need a quarterback. Um, also, I think that can be a quarterback we can count on in the clutch that won't turn the ball over. 
Um, and, and Saquon deserves a quarterback that's a real threat. I think we've got plenty of other holes. I think Thibodeau is also could be a bust. I don't think he's showing it to me right now. And uh, he's not bringing what I hoped he would bring. Uh, and, and, you know, some folks are saying, hey, wait, and he'll come around. But Hutchinson's bringing it for the Lions right now. So, you know, I, I think we'll see. But at the end of the day, let his contract go. Get a new quarterback, even if it's a strong free agent. Um, you know, try to get the best prospect in the draft. But you could probably pull, you know, half the quarterbacks in the NFL are better than Daniel Jones right now. And, and I think that's a fact. And, and we deserve that if we're going to win. I like it. Um if one like other the, thing, too, I got to say this, man. They used to say defenses win championships. I don't think that's true anymore. Maybe, you know, in 86 and 85, defenses won championships. Now it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's quarterbacks that win championships in this kind of, a, of an NFL. And we see that down the stretch. And we'll see, you know, if, if um, you know, someone like Jalen Hurts can win in the playoffs. But Eli showed us that. And a lot of people shit on Eli when we drafted Eli. But if we said, you know what, he's going to bring home two Super Bowls, I don't think anybody would have had anything to say about that. You know, we could have gotten a lot of other guys out there. I was a Philip Rivers fan. I, I liked his energy. I watched him play at NC State. I thought the dude was a beast. Um, but I, Eli's got his jersey on my kid's wall. And I've been lucky enough to meet him. Um, and I think he's a really good dude. Uh, he's done a lot for this community. And I wish he'd freaking run for mayor because I'm not big on our mayor right now. <laughs> Let me let me let me ask you one question off of that one scenario to see if he'd bite. Um, yeah. There's a lot of articles right now, Post, uh, Daily News, Newsday, from beat reporters that are from things that they've heard that Daniel Jones will be back for minimum of one year, um, either with a transition tag, a franchise tag, etc. Something, and if they can't figure out a team friendly long-term, which long-term meaning like two, three years. Do you feel like that, would you sign up for that? So in other words, like if they, if they looked at the free agency and they were like, look, there's no bridge quarterback that we like, there's no Andy Dalton, there's no Mitch Trubisky that we want to bring in for X dollars. And the draft isn't exactly pushing out because we're not going to be in the top 10. Yep. We don't want with a lot of holes, like you mentioned, um, would you be fine with that? And to tease a future episode tomorrow, we have beat reporter Ian O'Connor on, uh, who's for the New York Post, who had a similar article about how he deserves one more year at that kind of rate. What are your yeah. thoughts? Look, I think you have to, as a military leader, right, you, you owe people guidance and support. And I think uh, what this franchise has been lacking is uh, a real plan. What, what are we doing here? Right. And, and I think we finally got a coach that seems to have it right because he's bringing back the Giants culture. Right. Like the real Giants culture. We know there's been a generational change for the Maras. Like there's been, you know, some coaching turnover that's been abysmal in my view. Um, I was not a fan of, of, of some of our recent coaches because this was an undisciplined team. It was a leaderless team. It was a team without integrity. And I think Dable is bringing we're building around Dable. Right? Like, I think we've got to recognize that. And if you're going to build around Dable and you're going to bring around and you're going to build around Saquon, then that is the right kind of future to talk about. Of course, we need a good defense. Our D line is awesome right now. Right. And I think that's that's a core for us. We've got to talk about what kind of team we want to be, what kind of character and, 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 and uh, DNA we want in this team. And I think part of that is like saying no to OBJ. Right. Like do not bring Odell Beckham back because he will jack up everything. It will just disrupt mm. this thing we got going. And even if we bomb out for the rest of the year, it was a good year. We started to rebuild. We're on the right path. And if you want to make the argument that Daniel Jones is not going to rock the boat, 
and he's going to be a stabilizing force, and he's not going to overshadow Saquon, and he's not going to overshadow Dable, and he does what we need him to do, um, then I'll, I'll take that, right, for one more year. Um, you know, I've also been saying, you know, if he gets hurt, I think we got a backup that is totally underestimated um, in, in, in Tyrod Taylor that brings uh, leadership, brings integrity, motivates his team, and is totally underestimated. So I never root for somebody to get hurt. But I think if Jones is out and, and Tyrod was in steadily, I think you could also make an argument that that puts us on the right track as far as the integrity of this team and being a real Giants football team. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, Monty? A lot, a lot of conversations going on there. Um, <laughs> one thing I have is interesting, Brie, because you want, you want to build around Saquon. So there's a lot of discussions about that. What's your opinion on where you're saying, like, you know, Daniel Jones isn't a leader, isn't going to bring it, and you don't want OBJ because he disrupt things. What do you say where if Saquon is giving full support to Daniel Jones as a quarterback and wants him to be his quarterback? And also we know that Saquon and Odell Beckham are like very, very, very close friends. He flew out in the bye week to go hang out at Odell's birthday. They're very close. If he's supporting bringing in Odell and he's advocating for that, how do you feel that you feel you want to build around Saquon if he's pushing for those guys to be a part of this? I'll, I'll go back to the leader. Leaders are coach, right? And sometimes what the coach has got to do is save players from himself, right? Mm -hmm. Like if Saquon says, hey, I love OBJ. He's great. You know, you know, it, it's like Tua saying, hey, I can go back on the field and I want to do it. Great. And the coach has got to tap him on the shoulder and go, hey, man, that's not the right thing for the team. Saquon, uh, as much as he loves Odell, I don't think he's happy about the fact that Odell got removed from a plane the other day. Like, I mean – Odell is a ticking time bomb. He's, in my view, he's a cancer in the locker room. He overshadows the rest of his team. And you don't need disruption. Like, we need steady, slow, like, growth. And I think we're on the right track to do mm -hmm. that. And if, if Sa and Saquon, here's the great part about Saquon. He's smart. He's doing the right thing. What's he supposed to say? Is he supposed to be Tiki Barber and say, oh, my quarterback sucks? Well, then he'll go the Tiki Barber route and he'll get booed every time he steps on the field. And I think rightfully so. So I think Saquon is a team player. He's being a captain. He's got to support his quarterback until he gets a new one. And then when he gets a new one, he's got to support him too. So I think, again, the question is, can we also give Saquon the ball enough? Right. <laughs> and, and I think that I say, if they give the ball to Saquon 30 times a game, they can beat anybody in the NFL. It's hard to do that. Uh, and I don't think they've done it enough. I think sometimes they get too cute on the play calling, especially in the red zone when they should just be giving the ball to Saquon. Um, and the risk you run, of course, is he could get hurt. Right. Like if we get three yeah. more years out of Saquon, five years would be amazing. But we probably got, you know, three, four more years out of Saquon before we see a huge dip. So you got to ride that horse as long as you can, because that's that's our best hope, in my opinion. What one thing I will say to riding Saquon, which I think is an interesting part of this, is I think it also goes beyond just him being hurt and being done with his career level. But you also watch him this season. And while you look at his yards per carry, for example, you know, Titans game, it was up about eight or nine yards per carry, and that's an anomaly. You know, that's not sustainable, but regardless, the first half of the season, he was up around five, four yards a carry. He was doing incredible. He's been down at like two. So how do you keep feeding a guy when he's down? Well, do you think the body starts to break down over the year and you kind of have to unload that carry at some point? How do you feel? About we, need a real, we need a real deep threat, right? We need to be able yeah. to throw the ball downfield. Slayton's been playing great. And, and uh, the young tight end, uh, Del Bellinger, is, Bellinger. Is, is, is solid too, right? But, like, if we want to really invest, um, you know, we also 
drafted a wide receiver that's been invisible. Like, you know, we we, got to get a real deep threat. I think that's important for any quarterback. And it also obviously loosens up the defense and gives Jones a chance to be more successful. So, you know, if I'm talking about where to put my money, if I'm the Giants and I'm prioritizing for next year, if you're going to stick with Jones, you're going to stick with Saquon, you got Bellinger, you got to go out and get the best wide out you can possibly get and draft the best one you can and get a stud linebacker. We need a stud, you know, uh, Mike Singletary, Antonio Pierce, like rock solid linebacker to finally recognize we haven't had one in a while. And and that's a weak spot for us. But I think that's where you got to focus because defenses are going to be at least captain most likely by the linebacker. We can get, Mm -hmm. you know, Landon Collins in his past life or someone like that. But I think yeah. that's that's how I would prioritize so, about the shots. They'll get the green dot and you know the mic to the coaches a lot of times. Absolutely, yeah. Man. One of my favorite linebackers. He's I think he's on their staff still. Is give me Jesse Armstead right now. Yeah, give me anybody that's of his caliber, and you know we'll we'll roll with that. Look, um, I mean, I used to wear a Harry Carson jersey, man. There you go. You know, like you know Banks and and Carson Carl Banks and, and LT, right? And I've been lucky enough to to meet uh, Harry Carson too. His son went in the Marine Corps. He used to come out and support our events uh, for veterans every year is a good dude. But like those were guys that had the right kind of DNA. And mm-hmm. I think that's underestimated by a lot of fans, like the, the importance of being a leader in the locker room and being someone who can teach younger players and you can really build around. Um, and, and I think that's the kind of stud person we need on, on the defense right now. No, totally fair. Um, well, let's pivot to the biggest game of the season, right? Um, Washington commanders, Sunday night football. Um, it's not Morocco, France, which is no, coming up right No, <laughs> don't worry. We'll, we'll get you out of here so you can go watch that. Uh, no, but but I think a lot of people, because we're we lost some momentum. Obviously, you start six and one, seven and two, and now we've we've lost. You know, basically not four games in a row, but three because of the tie. So oh three and one. Um, you know, like I feel like not enough people are talking about how big a game this is. This is the most meaningful Giants game, regular season Giants game in almost a decade, maybe seven years at least. Yes. Seven years at least. Um, And so what are your thoughts? Because because Daniel Jones against Washington has been pretty damn good in his career. Um, His best games have always come against the former Redskins, now commanders team. Um, And, it's a, but it's also the the rub of that is it's a night game which he has performed terribly in prime time. <laughs> yep. He has never won past I think a four o'clock Eastern time game ever in his career. So mm-hmm. he's the, he's our Kirk Cousins in that re- response, right? So um, do you like the Giants winning this uh, this weekend? Ah. Uh. I don't know. And here, let me tell you, so Daniel Jones, I think a lot is overestimated about like whether it's a night game or not. One thing I do know is when you play at Duke, you don't play in the snow and the cold. And, and I think sometimes people underestimate, you know, Eli, I think, learned how to, how to be a cold weather quarterback and learn how to play in the elements over the course of his career. But it didn't come naturally in the beginning. And so I think that's an underestimated part of this. You know, the Giants are being exposed. That's what's happening. Like the easy, their schedule at the beginning of the year was pretty easy, and we knew this was going to be the guts of their schedule. And then after this, they got to play. Uh, they got they got to play the Vikings, right? And then they got to yep. play the Colts, who have been surging at times. And then they got to finish with the Eagles. The game against the Eagles last week was the biggest Giants game in 
eight years, seven years. Like my, my kid, my, my one kid has seen them go to playoffs, but he was an infant. My other kid's never seen them go to the playoffs. So I think mm-hmm. we got to recognize we haven't been in the playoffs in seven years. And, and this is, in my view, the biggest game they've had. Um, you know, we're, we have a lot in common with the commanders in that, like, it just feels like you're waiting for the disappointment to happen. Um, this feels like the old Giants teams that would kind of come apart at the end of the season. And I, and I think when you see how they're built, it's easy to understand why. If, if Saquon gets banged up, we're done. It's mm-hmm. over, right? And, and that's what's happened. And so then you got to lean on Daniel Jones, who can't really deliver. Our defense that is full of holes. Um, the question is, like, with, with the commanders, it's usually like, let me give you something I learned. In the military, somebody used to say, the American military is not the greatest military in the world. It's the least screwed up military in the world. Because every military is screwed up, and it's a matter of, like, managing who's least screwed up. So I think with, with, with the commanders, it's literally going to be like, who screws up the least, right? Like, it's going <laughs> to come down to turnovers. It's going to come down to execution because that's what I think happens in games like this. I also have to tell you, I think ties are ridiculous and un-American. And <laughs> it happened. And uh, I met Roger Goodell years ago when uh, there were a lot of co- controversies about patriotism, and he invited me to come in and talk about the flag and the national anthem and stuff like that. And I told him, I think ties are ridiculous and he needs to get rid of them. Um, ties aren't even good in European football, at soccer, right? In mm-hmm. American football, it's just terrible. It's the worst thing you can ever imagine. So number one, they got to get rid of this bullshit overtime. Go to college. You saw with Army-Navy this weekend what, what, what college overtime can look like. So I think we need new overtime. And look, at the end of the day, um, if Saquon's healthy, I'm betting on the Giants. If they give him the ball enough, right? This is this is a game we got to say. You know what? He might get hurt, but this is everything, and they got to accept that you can't save any powder for later because this is the game, in my view, that not only determines you know their record, it just determines their trajectory. Because then they got to go in on Christmas Eve in Minnesota, right? And then they come home against the Colts. Then they got to go into the Eagles. So they probably lose against the Eagles. The Colts are a draw. Vikings. I'm not betting on them on the road against the Vikings. So this is must win, man. This is everything. And so at the end of the day, yeah, I'll pick the Giants by a field goal. Um, but, you know, they got to give the ball to Saquon and, and run them till the wheels come off. Okay. I'm going to play something for you. I feel like right. you, I feel like you'll re- you resonate with this coach <laughs> and tell me where you were when this happened, because I feel like you just gave me a little bit of optimism. Okay. This is a poker game. I'm shoving my chips to the middle of the table. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in, get in. Anybody wants out, get out. Okay? This team is going to the playoff. Yep. All right. All right, P. We were going to talk about Mike Leach, who I got in a sidebar. Oh, same. Yes. The guy was a brilliant genius, an innovator, an American original. And if if you're watching this and you haven't seen clips of Mike Leach, an incredible American and the kind of coach I wish I played for and I wish my kids played for. Yep. Um, but, you know, I, I, Dable's bringing it, man. You know, Dable's got that lunch pail attitude. He's getting respect from New York um, and he's, he's winning and he's doing it in a really like working class kind of way. So I think that that clip is right. Like we, we got We got to give it everything we got this weekend you know, plan for the best and, and prepare yourself emotionally for the worst. Uh, but National TV, man, don't throw a stinker, Giants, you know. And by the way, Thibodeau, all these young guys, Thibodeau, time for you to get a sack. It's time for you to, like, hit the quarterback more than once a game. He's always a step away. 
He's always like an arm's length too short Mm -hmm. for making the big Mm -hmm. play. Like, I'm going to call him out and say, like, is it time for Thibodeau to show us why we drafted you in the first round? This game. You can't tell us next season or you've been hurt. It's time for him to drain everything, too. Love it. Um, yeah, we did, a, we did a segment a couple of shows ago with that clip with Jim Fossil and then the famous Jim, uh, Jim Mora clip of playoffs. Playoffs! Playoffs! And so we, playoffs? we asked, yeah, we asked, we asked, like, and we did a poll, like, who, like, what camp are you in? Are you playoffs worth putting my chips in the middle of the table? Or are you kind of like playoffs? I just hope we win a game. And I was more of the Jim Morris side because I, I just, to your point, just felt like, feel like we're being exposed. Felt like we've won a couple games that we shouldn't have, you know, obviously games that mm-hmm. we didn't win years ago. Felt like we would have lost this game last year. Uh, so I'm kind of teetering in the middle because, you know, it's a divisional game. But man, last week it really kind of put me in, Kind of an apathy, you know, having apathy versus actually. That was a reality check, man. I mean, the Eagles are really good. And we all hate to say it, but the Eagles are stacked. They're executing well. They believe Hurts is playing out of his mind. Like, like, you know, if I had to put money on somebody to win a Super Bowl right now, it's them because they look like like a freight train. Uh, And I think anybody who watches football and knows football knows we were cruising for a bruising in that game. Mm. We hoped that we could pull it together. We had to play flawlessly to even compete yeah. with that team because they're so much deeper and so much uh, – they're just clicking, man. You know it. When you watch a team, it's clicking. That Eagles team is dangerous. They can beat you in a lot of ways. And, you know, they had the Giants exposed. I keep saying it. They're not that good. They're not that good. They're not that strong. They can pull it out if they play flawlessly. But if they don't, they're going to be revealed. What do you yeah. think about the about Giants season ticket holders selling their tickets to Eagles fans? Well, here's what <laughs> I'll tell you. I used to work at a nonprofit and I, and I've been broke. Okay. Like, and, and uh, I, I had season tickets a couple times and uh, I like went all in with a couple buddies and got season tickets. Right. And it weren't great seats, but we, I knew that I could make my money back just by selling a Patriots game. Right. And like, at the end of the day, like I'm not going to judge somebody's personal finances. It's Christmas time. You got to buy little Johnny a train or something, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to do what you got to do. So uh, I, I didn't go to a professional football game until I was probably in my 20s. Like, I, we didn't have money growing up, and tickets were expensive. And unless you knew somebody, you weren't going to a pro football game. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I wish the Giants would do more to make it affordable. Um, I also wish they would make it easier to get to because despite the new stadium and all this other bullshit, it's still hell to get to Giants Stadium from New York City. Um, it, it's Easier now, finally, to get to the airport. But there's no easy way to get to Giant Stadium. And getting home is hell. I went, to the, I went to the Super Bowl with the Seahawks. And my nephew and I got tickets from a friend that just opened up last minute. We had to sneak on a corporate bus from, like, Intel or some Microsoft. We got in the back of the bus and hid. And they took us to Midtown and we got out. Otherwise, we would have been on the train line from hell. And it would have <laughs> taken us till the next morning to get home. So, yeah. Now, po- infrastructure is politics, and I'm always going to say fix traffic at Giant Stadium. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, I think you just, I think you just found the way to bring Giants Twitter together. Fix traffic yeah. around Giant Stadium, and no one's going to care whether you like Daniel Jones or not. Yeah, <laughs> and, then I, and then look, and the, the new stadium, look, it. Uh, I got my knocks on that too. It still yeah. feels a little soulless to me. It's always felt that way, right? You go to another NFL stadium; it's built for one team. You know, it's got that, like, ethos, but this kind of has that, like, you know, flip the end zone kind of thing, feel to it, mm-hmm. where that life, 
you know, doesn't really feel like it has a soul like Lambeau or somewhere it's like else. A stock stadium. Yeah, it really, it really is. But the fans would bring it, man. Mm. And I love the fans and I love Giants fans. And what's better than football around Christmas time, right? Not much, man. Best. Well, before we let you go, um, you know, tell us, tell us a little bit about where, where we can find anything that you do. I know you're an MSNBC contributor. I know that, you know, I mentioned independent American podcasts. Talk to me really quick about uh, Righteous Media, and then we'll close up with so one more quick Giants uh, point. But I want to make sure people know where to find you. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. I mean, for me, I had worked in veterans advocacy for 15 years, and, and I, I did a lot to tell stories about the veterans community and try to rally support and try to be a voice for them. And that was stuff like the GI Bill and even recently, uh, burn pits legislation with John Stewart and the PACT Act. Some folks saw that, you know, yeah. worked on 9-11 first responders, which is always a really important connection. I think the Giants have to, to the firefighting military and cops community. So for me, uh, after 14 years, it felt like uh, 14 tours of duty running a, a nonprofit. Uh, and I wanted to figure out how to make an impact. So uh, I started an independent media company. I felt like there needed to be a voice for people that were between MSNBC and Fox that weren't Democrats or Republicans and that also cared about national security, first responders issues. And we mix in sports and family and whiskey and cars. Um, but my show is independent Americans. It's free. You can get it anywhere. We're talking a lot about, you know, where this country is and where it's going. We try to do it in a respectful way. We're not trying to throw bombs. Uh, and in particular, given my background in the army, you know, I try to focus on issues that are off the radar, uh, national security issues. We talk a lot about what's happening in Ukraine, uh, focus on the American military. And I think that can be something that brings people together too. We also have a great show called the firefighters podcast. It's on break right now, but uh, for folks that care about that community, we have a great nine 11 first responder named Rob Sarah. His first day on the job was nine 11. He's a firefighter wow. hero and he has a show strictly devoted to firefighters and to firefighters issues. So that's the guts for us. You know, we're kind of like in the same way the giants are like a working class kind of uh, kind of organization. We're a working class brand. We want to give people an alternative. And we talk about the five eyes. Like I was a football coach, so I, I love making sure we have the values clear. But it's independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. And those are the five eyes you'll get from everything we do. Everybody's welcome. Uh, trying to get some more sports folks to come and join us. Um, but we're trying to make a, a positive impact and bring people together. And politics doesn't have to be a dirty word. Uh, you know, there's a lot happening in this world we need to be focused on and we need to be united about. So that's what we want to do. Uh, I, I wish we could fix the Giants. I think they're on the right yeah. track. America, you think the Giants are a headache. American politics is a whole nother level, right? <laughs> but but there's good stories out there and there's good leaders and we, and we try to highlight them. And especially, I'll give you guys a sneak preview. Uh, tomorrow we do our annual Festivus episode. Nice. Uh, and if you're a Seinfeld fan, uh, it is not only Christmas and Hanukkah, Festivus is coming soon. And our returning guest for his annual visit will be George Costanza himself, Jason Alexander. So Very good. Join us for the Festivus episode. It's free anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, but he's coming and he'll drop some knowledge about a lot of things, including being a grandpa. Uh, we talk a lot about family this time of year. So he's going to join us. Check it out. And I appreciate you guys giving us a shout out and appreciate what you guys do, doing a podcast and Doing this new media stuff is hard. Even that throw to the video, Big Smooth, that was pretty impressive, man. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to. I'm, I, I, we don't get paid by them, but Streamyard, the, uh, the the company that allows us to, to do some of that, is uh, it's pretty intuitive and 
it's fun. You just have to, just like, you know, you just have to prepare in advance and, and get, get, get all the, the clips that you want. We've, we've been doing more of that with the show, bringing in guests, kind of giving them reactions. I'm going to give you, get one more reaction. We'll, we'll end on something funny. Yes. So after the Giants lost to the Cowboys, sad, I, my, I got multiple texts and tweets to me saying, hey, man, are you on the fucking Cowboys uh, staff? And then look at this guy. This is my doppelganger. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I'm, I'm Mike McCarthy's get back guy, apparently. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, holy shit. And like went on the TV, rewinded it and was like, there I am. So I clipped that and I was just like, I'm going to use that at some point on the podcast. So what do you think? That's pretty pretty solid. I mean, I've slimmed think, down a little bit. I'm not much, as big. You look much more formidable than him. Uh, I can tell <laughs> you from the waist down, but he looks significantly fatter than you. Um, I think he needs to do more wind sprints. Uh, Monty, who what, is there a giant that they – this might be a good question. Like, what giant do you look like? Have you mm. ever heard you look like – the, the only thing I get – people when you're a white ball guy, people say you look like everybody. Yeah. Um, but the one football player I've gotten is Erlocker after he shaved his head, maybe when I was in better shape. And I yeah. heard that a tremendous compliment. Um, he's a little dumber than me, but definitely a much better <laughs> football player. But Monty, did you have, is there, did anyone ever say you look like anybody on the Giants? I'm trying to think if I ever had anybody on the Giants. Well, I hair mean, maybe when the beard is really big. I don't know. Basically, anytime I have, I, there's a guy that's a brunette with, Brown, like a brown beard and like blue eyes, I could compare it to them every single time. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys look like half the offensive linemen for the last 20 years, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, the only I don't have a clip for it, the only other comparison I get, and I literally have been having dinner, I was having dinner with my wife, and someone came up to me and said, Are you the guy from Stranger Things? And I said, No, oh. I said, <laughs> David Harbor's 6'5. <laughs> I am 5'11". And uh, so that, I've gotten that before, too. Like, we're just the, you know, laughter or whatever. Like, any just my face, the the voice. So the Chief Hopper from Stranger Things is my official doppelganger. I love it. I love it. Can I do one thing, guys? That, absolutely. That uh, my boys uh, are the biggest Giants fans. And I just want to give them a shout-out. Ryder Please. and River are dedicated Giants fans. Uh, I think one wants a Daniel Jones jersey, which I'm kind of conflicted about. Uh, the other one wants a Saquon jersey. I might have to get them both like Joe Morris and Phil Sims jerseys <laughs> just to teach them. But to the boys, you know, you guys keep keep cheering for the Giants. It's been it's been really, guys, one of the best joys of being a Giants fan is sharing it with my little kids mm-hmm. and uh, and to be able to coach little ones. So I'd encourage people if you haven't coached, you don't need to be uh, you know Dable to, to coach. Uh, in your community, and even if you just help out with equipment, especially during the pandemic. Uh, coaching football was really hard uh, because of all the COVID restrictions, and I want to give a shout-out to all the coaches out there uh, that helped all these kids through the pandemic. Sometimes it was the only person who was looking in on some of these kids, uh, and I want to encourage other people. You know, you can volunteer, help your local flag team, You know, whether it's a padded league or not. They need your help. And this is something a lot of folks don't know. There's a shortage of referees. Because a lot of the referees were older and they were they couldn't be around kids and COVID happened. This is true in soccer. It's true in all sports. So if you're passionate about it, your local team probably needs referees. Uh, and you can help your community and, and spread the love of the game in that way too. No, man, that's great. Um, 
we we will definitely continue to have conversations with you um, as we as our audience grows and as we as more people tune into us. We'd love to have you back. Maybe maybe for a playoff run. Playoff anytime, we'll man. Anytime. Um, I might have to bring yeah. the boys. We don't please put them on TV very sure. much, but they would. Paul, be- what are what are, what are your boys' names again? River is three, yep. um, and and Ryder is seven. And um, I just think, and my last name is Rykoff. So, you yep. know, when he was born, I kind of thought about it, but a couple of my friends were like, Ryder Rykoff's a pretty damn good football name. And, awesome. uh, and, his and his brother's middle name is Xavier. So his initials are RXR. Oh, yeah. Which I think is also pretty cool if he's going to sign badass. an autograph if he's playing on the Giants one day. So, hey. Those are very draftable names. Right? Your lips <laughs> got to ears, man. I mean, that, that's going to be the only way I can afford season tickets is if they get drafted. <laughs> So <laughs> for sure. Um, well, listen, River, Ryder, your dad's welcome anytime. Love to have him. Uh, Paul, yeah. thank you for joining us. So on behalf of Big Blue Beards, we're going to sign off. Go Giants. Go Big Blue. Go Big Blue. And shout out yeah. to O'Neill yeah. High School. Congrats on the state championship. Congrats to all the Raiders up there. But go Giants.